Welcome to today's AdventCast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. From Meditations for Advent by Jacques Benin Bossuet. If God had not said that there would be an eternal enmity between the serpent and the woman, or with the fruit that she should bear, the future victory of the woman and her son would not have been foretold. Yet we do see that she and her seed will bruise the head of the serpent, and the victory thus remains with our race. Now, to know what is meant by this word race, this fruit, or to translate word for word, this blessed seed of the woman, we must listen to St. Paul on the promise made to Abraham. By your offspring shall all the nations of the earth bless themselves. The apostle remarks, it does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, which is Christ. It is thus in him that all the nations shall be blessed, all in one alone. And so in these words addressed to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. We are to understand that God has in view one son and one fruit, that is, Jesus Christ. And God, who could just as easily have said, and we may think should have said, that he would place this enmity between the dragon and the man, or the fruit of the man, wished instead to say that he would put it between the woman and the fruit of the woman in order better to point out that this blessed fruit, born of a virgin, would be the fruit of a woman alone, a woman about whom St. Elizabeth said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. It is you, O Mary, whose fruit will crush the head of the serpent. It is you, O Jesus, who are this blessed fruit, in whom our victory is assured. I give you thanks, my God, for having thus brought me hope, and I shall sing to you with David, O God, thou art my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. And again, will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? No, merciful and good Lord, you were not able, if one dares say it, to hold back your mercy. For on the very day of your anger and at the very pronouncement of the sentence upon our first parents and their entire posterity, your mercy declared itself and you caused the liberator to appear, promising us the victory from that moment. From Resurgent in the Midst of Crisis by Peter Kwasniewski In his hard-hitting Ad Limina address on 9 October 1998 to bishops of the Northwestern United States, John Paul II spoke about true and false notions of participatio actuosa, active or actual participation, and of the need to regard meditation and listening to Gregorian chant, for example, as profoundly active. The call for the laity to participate arose because of the deleterious influence that the devotio moderna had on liturgical life, 
coupled with an approach to liturgy that emphasized the juridical over the artistic, the utilitarian over the aesthetic. If genuine participation was sometimes poor prior to Vatican II, the post-Vatican II liturgical reformers erred grievously by seeking to achieve participation through the deconstruction and minimalization of the liturgy. Many of them appeared to understand active participation to mean doing something, singing, reading, helping out with the distribution of Holy Communion. A premium was placed on the doing, even when it meant making the liturgy banal and simplistic to assure that such participation could be actually realized. They seemed to forget that people who go to the opera or the symphony, for example, do not need to be involved with the production of the music in order to be actively participating in the event. <laughs> 